Good morning, UBC. Uh, I'm Stephen Martin, one of the staff elders here at the church, and uh, I want to take just a minute or two for us to spend in a devotional thought as we continue on in this uh, unprecedented time of not being able to gather together uh, due to COVID-19. So with that, in recent news, we've obviously been flooded with staggering and tragic information about the worldwide impact of COVID-19. Story after story of heartbreaking loss, families separated, funerals with limited to no family in attendance, and the list goes on and on. And what seems to be no end in sight, we continue to hear it may get worse before it gets better. New terms like social distancing, flatten the curve, have become part of our regular vocabulary. Kids and parents alike are learning to adjust to different schedules, work and school from home, and loss associated with canceled spring sports, recitals, graduations, and other key events that only weeks ago were circled on everyone's calendar with great anticipation and excitement. Yet in the midst of all this, actor John Krasinski took to social media from his own home and decided to broadcast what he called some good news, a new news outlet dedicated to just that, good news. This is a lighthearted but sincere attempt longing for better days and looking for the silver lining or the glass half full in the midst of uncertain times. People and stories of one another helping each other and loving one another in the midst of this outbreak. A Facebook page for Some Good News was created on March 24th, 2020. As of Monday, it had over 165,000 followers. And in his newscast, this beloved actor sought out stories from around the country of nurses, teachers, sports teams, and even others uh, that are using his platform, Some Good News, to rip off uh, his platform and share their own good news. And he broadcast them. And to be honest, in many ways, outside of the live stream on Sunday morning and the uh, virtual life groups and uh, ABF time, uh, it could be the best 30 minutes of my week that I spent last week. However, parents, I will caution you, there is a bit of language, I believe, in episode two, so you might want to preview that before you decide what you want to do with that as a family. But I was reminded Monday morning, as I was thinking and praying about our, our own church family, and we're charged in Galatians 6 with ways in which we're to bear one another's burdens. How fitting. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 10. It reads this, like this. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgressions, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap, corrupt, reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So church... How are you doing in that? 
How are you doing in doing good? Are you weary? Are you weary in even doing good? The reality is this has been a major adjustment for all of us. But do not lose heart. The Apostle Paul, why does he give these instructions? Well, for the purpose of our meditation on not growing weary and doing good, I believe he gives this charge because that's exactly our tendency, to grow weary in doing good. So we ought to ask ourselves this morning, why can we do good? Well, the answer is simple, because the ultimate good has been done unto us. The God of the universe created everything that we see, and he created you and me, created man and woman. He gave them a work to do. He placed them in the garden. He took care of them. He had intimate fellowship with them. But rather than obeying God, they sought to be like God, and man chose to disobey treason against the holy God, and in that sin entered the world, forever separating man from his creation because of the sin. God is holy and he can't be in the presence of sin. So God cast Adam and Eve, the first man and the first woman, out of the garden and gave them additional work to do, but work that would be hard, work that would be painstaking, work that would cost them greatly, and fellowship with God was broken because they had sinned against God. But God in his loving kindness, the the word tells us, wasn't done with man. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to be born a baby, to be raised up a man. The scriptures tell us that he is tempted in every way we're tempted. And yet, Jesus, without sin, in perfect obedience to his heavenly father, kept every bit of the law, kept every bit of what God required in perfect obedience to him, the heavenly father. But not only that, in his ultimate act of obedience, Jesus Christ laid down his life, sacrificed it on a cross, bearing the weight of the world, of the sin of the world, bearing the wrath of God, breaking his own body, sacrificing himself so that man might have opportunity to be made right with God. And praise God, we know the story doesn't end there. Just three days after he was crucified, killed, Jesus raised from the dead, forever conquering the the grip of sin and death forever. And Jesus then invites us in response to him, in order to be made right with God, all we have to do is believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did what he said he did, and that he uh, is the only one who can take our sin and give us his righteousness. Many theologians have called that the great exchange, that Jesus takes our sin and gives us his righteousness. And in that, we have uh, the right to become heirs of, of God. We become God's children if we confess with our mouth, we repent of our sins, and we believe and then follow or order our lives according to the scriptures and for the glory of God. You know, it's interesting. It's been called the great exchange, and yet that word great seems too small a word, but praise be to God. So social distancing from one another, yes, but our God is near. And through the common grace means of technology, this past Sunday, many of us were able to see one another, to pray, to laugh, to cry, and to encourage one another even over video screens. Church, my encouragement to you is to not grow weary in doing good. I realize that I'm often grateful for the good gifts that God has given me and the church, but I don't open my mouth often enough to encourage other friends. I don't open my mouth often enough to speak to them about the good gift that God's provided in them. Friends, that's doing good for one another, not in full, but in part. 
You know, I've heard stories of loved ones from our church going to the store for their aging parents, friends uh, grabbing to-go food and backing into our parking spaces here at the church six feet apart to share a meal together, to encourage one another. Uh, I've heard of stories of baked goods being delivered to, uh, by multiple different people to homes just as a way to encourage. And by the way, our, uh, our address is available in the directory. No nuts in those cookies. We've heard of drive-by birthday parties, drive-by birthday parades, even a drive-by water balloon fight that took place at one elder's home this week. Calls, texts, Zoom, Skype, Facebook, FaceTime, and emails all checking on one another. Do some good for one another because the Lord has done the ultimate good for you in Christ. Friends, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Doing good even takes the focus off of ourselves. And let's be honest, not only now, but every day, we could use a little less focus on ourselves. You see, Krasinski's some good news is a breath of fresh air in the midst of difficult news all around us, it seems. But friends, as those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and set apart for his purposes, this should be part of what marks us off as a church every day, steadfastness in doing good. Why? Because the greatest good has been done unto us in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Humanity will rise up and do good for one another in times of crisis. We've seen it time and time again in our history, and we're seeing it even now. But not growing weary in doing good, I would say to you, is distinctly Christian. That means it isn't responding to a crisis. It's responding to the need of those around them for the purpose of their spiritual good, their spiritual edification, bearing one another's burdens. It is that glorious finished work that we get to celebrate and reflect on even this Sunday morning, Easter Sunday. And while we'll not be able to gather in person, we will be thinking about the resurrection of Christ. So let me also encourage you to tune in to our Facebook live feed on Friday night at 6 p.m. for some teaching on our, our on Good Friday as we prepare for uh, the Easter celebration on Sunday, as we remember what the, the Lord accomplished on our behalf uh, on, that, uh, on that dreadful day, Good Friday. Brothers and sisters, your friends uh, are praying for you. Your elders are praying for you. Your teachers and small group leaders, your life group leaders are preparing lessons to encourage you with you in mind. Resources and videos are being produced um, with you in mind. Pick up the phone, uh, call, text, grab that member directory and pray. Check on a brother or sister that you know is struggling with sin. Find a way to either call, drive by, encourage some of our members that live alone during this season for whatever reason. It's a difficult season to be by yourself. But yet we know, church, that we're not finally alone. The Lord has given us the indwelling spirit with which we're comforted and instructed and cared for all uh, every day. So by God's grace, we'll be able to gather again soon. And I pray our fellowship with one another will be surpassed only by our increased love for God and his word as a result of this time. My desire is that we not grow weary in doing good for one another, not now and not in the days to come. I want to close in the same way the Apostle Paul saw fitting to close under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when he said to the Galatians in the closing of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, be with your spirit, brothers. Amen.
Let me pray for us. God, we are grateful that we can do good. We can not grow weary in doing good because you have done the ultimate good for us. And so, God, we pray that we would be faithful unto you, that we would draw our strength from your word, that we would encourage one another out of the overflow of what you're teaching us in your word, and, God, that you would be glorified in our midst. And, Lord, we are strangely even grateful that while we're apart, our hearts long to be together. And, Lord, how much more so do our hearts long to be with you eternally. And so, God, we pray that that would guide and encourage us this day. And, God, we pray that all that we do would be for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen.